What is good? I'm fired up about this podcast today. Chris Long, every Monday, the Ryan Rosillo Podcast, part of the Ringer Network. We will cover Dallas and New England, San Francisco's domination of Green Bay, the NFL as college football playoff teams. That argument, maybe one through four, one through six. Plane rides, what offends you? Celebrity net worth over-unders with very little research, although the research I did was distracting me, Chris, from everything else. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to have this thing covered today. How are you? I'm good. Net worth is the important thing, though, so don't let football get in the way of that. No, no, I know. I didn't know if you wanted to read more on it because I didn't I didn't want to have guys start thinking like, wait a minute, he had a production deal and that this is how much his TV show did and all these different things. So I was a little worried about how deep the net worth stuff would go. So um, let's not do that. All right. Are we good? No, that's fine. I mean, listen, the the more the more just raw Google numbers, the better. It's more entertaining. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Today's show of the Ryan Russillo show is brought to you by State Farm. If you're fumbling with insurance, State Farm agents are here to help because with over nineteen thousand agents, they're local to you and available to help. Whether you connect in person by phone or through the State Farm mobile app, agents are here to help. So go with the one that has coverage and agents you can count on. State Farm, talk to an agent today. Also, want to remind you, our good friends at DraftKings have uh, been around with any of my content now for what feels like forever. Very thankful to them. In my house, we have some Thanksgiving traditions that we do every year. Clearly, this is a mass read um, because I will not be hosting Thanksgiving at my house this year. Uh, every Thanksgiving with my family, uh, what do I do? We try to figure out where everybody's going to be, and then we FaceTime with each other. It's, it's an unbelievable tradition. And, of course, we watch football. Uh, last year, I went to play pickup hoops. It's weird out here in L.A. I don't think you respect the holidays, the winter holidays, the way the Northeast does. So you show up, and all of a sudden, there's a line outside of Shark's Cove. Um, there was a Starbucks. It's a madhouse. And I thought, hey, this can't happen on Christmas either. It does. You had to wait in line to get run. But, of course, we watch football and with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football. New users have 100,000 reasons to be thankful this Thanksgiving with a free shot at over $100,000 in prizes. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, throw, and catch mean more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Just draft your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Who do we like this weekend? We like Lamar tonight. I know that's going to maybe factor into plane rides a little bit. Do you have somebody this weekend you want to give me a matchup you like, Chris? I'm putting uh, you on me. The spot. Well, you know, it was a positive for me this weekend actually setting my lineup, but I did leave Jameis on the bench who torched the Falcons. Uh, so I'm just going to say, like, maybe I sold Jameis too early and I'll put him back in the lineup. Done. I don't He's... even know who they play. Who do they play? All right. We're going to get IT on this. Hold on. This could be incredible. I mean, I have Tannehill now, so I, I think. I think that qualifies as a two-headed monster. Manahill? After Dude, that run? he's making me like the Titans. He is making me like the Titans, and it's weird. I couldn't believe it when I thought, okay, Pat's Dallas. I feel like more people. You didn't see a lot of Jags-Titans tweets during that two-game window, the second window there on an NFL Sunday. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to put the Rockets and Mavs on. I want to watch the Lucas <laughs> show on the second the screen. Mission. And then... Uh, I almost... Te- didn't I text you? I said... Everybody keeps saying, like, you should be watching Luca instead of this bad game. And I kind of figured you might have been cheating on football. 
I just feel like the Titans and Jags play 30 times a year. I know that number sounds they play high. Every week, dude. <laughs> they play every week. And it looks the same, bro. I at one point last night, I was so focused on the Pats game. I look over to Derek Hunt Henry uh breaking off like an 80-yard run, and I'm like, oh, oh, it's just the replay from the last game. Yeah, right, like, right. No, I'm, I, it's the it's that it's actually live. That's happening again. So then I look and they're like up 30 to three, and I go, whoa, wow, go get yours. Tannehill, by it's the a way, good t- it's a it's a good time. Uh, yeah, it's a good time to to do a stinker. Is is during Pat's Pat's Cowboys? I mean, that was the time for if Jacksonville's going to have a tough one and the Jags to really just just yeah, it was bad. That is what is comical about some of the Carson Wentz stuff that we're going to get to because people are waiting for your content on Carson Wentz after a tough Sunday oh, yeah. against Seattle, but. Somehow Nick Foles is like, never should have gotten rid of Nick. And then you're like, you have, no one paid attention. No one knew what was going on with the Titans-Jags nope. game. Nope. And and Nick, hey, listen, it's not Nick's fault they gave up like almost 80 points his first two starts. And it's not like Minshew was was lighting the world on fire uh, towards the, 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 the change that came in Jacksonville. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Foles thing is relevant because it's always the first argument against Carson. Massive. Siren hey man, can issues. we get? Can we have some a little less siren in in your low rent district? Are the listeners hearing this siren? They're going to hear are there that. So one. Many, uh, why are there so many emergencies? Where the fuck do you live? I live on the main artery in and out of town. So the problem is, is the police and the fire department are blocks away, but there's one way in and one way out when you're trying to get to the place on time, and they go right past the balcony here. So, well, shout out to firemen. They do a lot of good work. Yeah. Shout out to all the law enforcement. I don't, what are you trying to do? First responders. Yeah. Just first responders in general. Yeah. It's, I'm not the one who lives in a godless city that, that goes to the bar on Christmas and, and Thanksgiving. Yeah. I don't know what happened. This is almost like that town. What was that Tarantino script that didn't do as well? It was like his first script and it was with Clooney (laughs) and they showed up to that weird bar and it was like, everybody just turned into a vampire. That was when oh, I was yeah, like the vampire, the vampire movie. That was what I was dawn. thinking actually. Dust till dawn didn't do well. Hasn't aged well. I just think it was one of those deals where it's like this Tarantino guy's on fire, and you're like, oh, this is one of his first scripts. Okay, you know, as a writer, everybody has a bad yeah. game. That's that's what I was saying. Okay, so I'm sure DraftKings is thrilled about this mid read. Uh, Jameis, by the way, has your jacks. Oh, we're so still in the read. <laughs> yeah. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a completely free shot at over 100,000 in prizes. Download the DraftKings app now. New users enter the code RUSSILLO, R-U-S-S-I-L-L-O, at sign up to get a completely free shot at over $100,000 in prizes. Again, that's code RUSSILLO to get a totally free shot at $100,000 in prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I also want to use this opportunity to plug Chris Long's Chalk Media. The Chalk Media YouTube channel is up there. I watched the Aaron Donald video uh, this weekend, yeah, where you went to a goat farm to say this is where he was born. Fishbowl interviews are up. You went George R.R. Martin. How did that booking go? Bro, the George R. R. Martin thing was so nerve-wracking because it was one of those things we just threw out a shot in the dark, and most of the stuff we've done has been in person, but we were like, yeah, we'll Skype for him. Like He's like, yeah, let's Skype. So I get there, I'm getting the Skype set up, and anybody that has done this now, which I've done for only a month, can tell you it's nothing more terrifying than 
technical difficulties, like before a big interview, George could see us, but couldn't hear us for five minutes. And I was so petrified that it was us. Luckily, it turned out to be the IT team on his on his end. Uh, but once the interview started, man, it was awesome. The only the only pretense there was no Game of Thrones talk, which was cool with me because honestly, that's all anybody probably wants to talk to him about. He's got a lot more going on, so it was you a couldn't cool ask interview. one thing. Uh, I mean, like I tried to respect the request. I mean, it, this was in the heat of the finale, and I don't think he wanted to. If I'm reading between the lines, step on the finale or shit on the finale because I, I he did say he's not a big fan of explosions i think that was a subliminal wow. diss during uh during the interview and that was right after i guess it was episode four of of that last season where uh danny lost her shit yeah by the way Jameis plays i appreciate that plug Jameis plays uh the jags this week so more good news and another thought i had with your reads <laughs> Do you have a lot of people that probably miss out on on the the promo code because they're not sure if there's one or two L's in your name? I usually always say two S's, two L's. I'll go ahead and uh, spell it out too. So, okay. um, you know, I, you could get you could get a simpler name. I could like me when anybody puts your name was built for promo codes, no doubt. Built for it. Anybody out there that wants to do a promo code, pay your boy. Uh, I got a monosyllabic name, Irish. By the way, it's also the Greenlight Podcast with Chris Long. Greenlight will feature celebrity interviews, commentary from Chris Long, special guests, one-of-a-kind segments, and more. Nothing is off-limits at Chalk. One-of-a-kind. Do you hear that shit? We even do something called a mailbag. That's Nobody never, else has, has done a mailbag. Has anyone ever done a mailbag? Hot and controversial so. news items and trending discussions from professional collegiate sports. My gosh. Uh, you got Miles Teller coming up, right? Miles Teller on Fishbowl, actually, he just he just dropped, uh, I think it was yesterday, but we didn't make a big deal about it because uh, all the games and all that. But that was a cool interview and one that you uh, threw me the oop on. Yeah, he's a good dude. I like him. I'll tell you this, of anyone that's famous that I've interacted with, though, he is the number one guy that gives me the most shit. Like, that's his shtick with me. <laughs> like, hey, I'm going to mess he's, with Rosillo the most. And I'll have moments where I'm like, all right, you, you like, I get... I get where we are in the hierarchy of things, but you can stop. You stop. Yeah, I mean, like, listen. He wasn't going to do it to you because you're an at eagle. the end of the day. You are you are a movie star, so um, right. I, I think he has a nice, dry sense of humor, and 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 you're, I think you're bone dry, but he's like desert dry, and uh, and and to be in a situation where you're out dried, I think it's a little bit off putting for you, or a little bit like you know disorientating. It isn't the dryness, although how do we know the dry makeup of bone versus desert? Do you have that? Is I think that a field guide? I, th- I think that's one of those uh, glass half full, <laughs> glass half empty Jameis Winstonisms. Okay, let's do this. Let's get to the football. Dallas at New England, messy the whole way through. We've got a fourth down. We've got a couple bad calls. We've got a Jerry Jones presser after the fact. It felt like it was the most leading, damning thing of Jason Garrett's future there in Dallas. But Tom and the Patriots on an ugly day find a way to win a tough game at home. And it leaves me going, we know what New England's offense is, but that defense was incredible. Stephon Gilmore had an unbelievable game, completely shutting out Amari Cooper. And... I almost feel like kind of what was supposed to happen is what happened, but I don't know that I look at the result and feel dramatically different about one team or the other. I agree with you. And as I was sitting there struggling in a really sloppy, borderline unwatchable game, 
that could have been so much better without the weather. Uh, I was, I was scrambling for a theme and it hit me at halftime. The theme is exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was coaching the weather and, uh, and it was two bad performances. I didn't expect the performances to be as sloppy, but you know, we can get to that in a second. Everybody knows the, the, the Jason Garrett stuff. We talked about the special teams, the fourth and seven, Jerry upset. Um, but new England, man, they, they, they continue to just find ways to win Brady managing the game 17 of 37 is not eye popping by any standard um he didn't throw a pick you know there were a couple times he got hit I thought he was dead when he got table topped and Robert Quinn came down on him I thought that might have been it for him uh he had a bunch of drops Edelman's dealing with a shoulder he's having to throw to rookie receivers and you kind of wonder if they knew what they had in these guys because they didn't make a move at the deadline right you know I, I don't know well, if they go grab Sanu saying, they grab Sanu well I mean they, they didn't. They didn't make a tight end move. They didn't. They didn't make a move at tackle. I mean, win came back. Um, I thought for sure they'd make a move at tackle, and and they didn't go do it. And win at least in the short term gives them a little bit of stability. Newhouse had been a liability, and this allows them to get more of their best receivers out in routes, which are their running backs actually. So, what do you do with Garrett, who? You know, it was pretty clear that Troy Aikman was pointing out some uh, specific stuff, which is great. You know, when we were talking about different things that were happening in special teams and then New England had been kicking short. And then on that last one, they almost gave up the football where it was a live ball and they ended up taking over on the 11, which was a disaster because Aikman's like, look, you're going to move your guys up. A lot of people had a huge problem with Garrett on the fourth and seven at the Pats 11 at that point to make it 13 to nine instead of just trying to make it a tie football game and, and go for a touchdown. Again, it would have been against the number one red zone defense. So I know that on a Twitter Sunday, it turns into like helmet to helmet contact that is or isn't called that everybody's upset about and that every coach sucks, which is a lot of fun. Um, a lot of you guys really banging out the creative content. But with this one, it felt glaring and even more so because Aikman's like, I don't know what the point of three points here is. Yeah, I mean, listen, you got the special team stuff right off the bat and and it all stems from you know, everybody sees the Jerry interview, which I have my feelings about Jerry. This is kind of your problem. You've, you've, you've allowed this for, uh, the better part of a decade. So like the buck stops with you. We hear things that Garrett's kind of a figurehead, a placeholder, somebody that doesn't make all the decisions. Like, you know, after the game, you have him saying he doesn't really look at win probability analytics and this, that, and the third, and that's going to get you killed on Twitter, especially killed. Um, but this was, this was a situation where you lost to New England on the road in the rain. They've won 21 straight at home, including playoffs. You've got a short week against Buffalo coming up. Unless you're talking about firing Jason Garrett, why light a fire under his ass and, and, and imagine that he's going to be any different for creating this distraction on a short week? I mean, the fourth and seventh thing I agree with, like, you got to go there. You haven't been in the red zone basically all game. You're going to have to go get down there again if you kick the field goal and score a touchdown. So I agree with that. You know, he's he's not the most uh, cutting-edge guy, Garrett. Um, I think the biggest takeaway for me was Cooper's home road splits, and this is a guy that completely transformed the offense, have been glaring this year. I mean, 13 touchdowns, 11 on uh, at home, two on the road. Uh, and the Gilmore value is like driven home again because he he does what New England does. He takes away your best option, and then they turn into Dallas from a year ago, and uh, and and that's why 
Bill is who Bill is, and that's why Jason is who Jason is. And again, they didn't run the ball this much except for the Jets game all year. The first three quarters, that's kind of what they did. And 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 I felt like we got robbed of Dak's prove-it moment. And I know some people are like, well, the calls didn't lose them the game, but the tripping stuff was egregious. And I felt like I had this this feeling that everybody's talking about Dak and the MVP race and he, he should be talked about too. We literally had it. America's team, quote-unquote, against the Pats, the evil empire, 95 yards. And we had this dramatic moment where somebody was going to get exposed and somebody was, and it gets taken away by calls. So I felt a little bit dissatisfied at the end of the game. And to your point, I don't know what to make of it. Other than Brady looks really handsome in the rain, man. It looked like a, didn't it look like a cologne commercial? <laughs> Sitting to yeah, but like not the high end, not the high end. Yeah, not like unisex stuff that you'd get in Soho, but something. Aqua de Joe? That's not, I mean, that's good, but that's not. It's not like some sort of place that's just a boutique. What's your fragrance? Not to get too far off topic. Uh, Tell the people at home. I don't know that I'm, I'm even comfortable doing that. Because oh other my dudes God, are, are you bite kidding it. me? Yeah, yeah. And it's almost always like more female angled stuff than, than male. So, you know, what's up now? Wow. Yeah. I just made it. Look, your pheromones do different things. Every guy's different. Everybody's got their own chemistry. So, but I don't, I don't want to turn it into this big, like, by the way, I, I rock Creed shout out to Scott Stapp. Is that how you say his name? <laughs> I hope so. The guy from Creed, the guy from Creed, you don't know no, his I name? Know, I, no, I know what you're talking about, but Hey Kyle, can you get on the Creed? Uh, wh- check out their tour date. See if they're coming through LA. Anytime yeah. Soon. Maybe we should hit one. Um, I don't want to make this all about the Cowboys though, because the Cowboys are a team that's barely beaten anybody. And I know that it's tantalizing how much talent they have. You're, you're like, how the hell are they not better? Um, so this movie's getting old. I still think that they'll probably get in and win the division and still give people problems. But Brady, though, here's the thing about Brady. Everything around him is like, I, I mentioned them not going out and getting a number one. They, they, don't, they don't go out and get a tight end. The fullback's hurt. You've got patchwork on the offensive line. You're throwing to rookie receivers. He doesn't have to be the GOAT on days like that. He knows the defense he has. He manages the game. And he's not been a manager his entire career, but this is where he's like, like, and we're going to talk about Carson a little bit. Carson in this situation, he's going to try to do too much. Other quarterbacks are going to try to do too much. Tom knows exactly what he needs to do to win in that situation. It's enough mobility. It's like that third and 20 conversion to, to Edelman. I forget what quarter. But he shook off Robert Quinn. He set his feet again. He makes the throw. And he does just enough, and he knows what not to do. That's really what I took away from it. Not that it needed any reminder 20 years of this stuff, but it's just, hey, Brady's going to win this kind of game. You know, for More often than not, he's going to win this kind of game. And this is the part where New England starts to rally, and they start to exaggerate the outside noise. And everybody's looking at New England saying, this is a really good football team. They're different this year. Brady doesn't have the weapons. He hasn't been the same. But he's still going to go out and win you that game. But I agree with you, the Dak thing. Like, it really felt like, oh, my gosh, here we go. Like, let's see. Can this guy go the entire length of the field? Chances are they weren't going to do that. And even if they got it down to the 20 or maybe even the 10 against that secondary, again, against the number one red zone touchdown defense in the NFL, it's not likely that you're getting seven out of that. It just it just isn't. So to blame it all on the trips, I always feel like it's a loser mentality thing. But at the same time, you're right, in that one moment. And for Dak... Dak is becoming a week-to-week discussion about what he is or what he isn't on the market. Here's what he is. I don't know that he's ever a top-five guy, 
He has some numbers that would tell you that. He's number one in passing yards. The top five quarterbacks, by the way, in QBR, which is a little flawed and definitely slants towards running quarterbacks, it's Lamar at one, Mahomes at two, Dak at three, Russell Wilson at four, and Deshaun Watson at five. By the way, how about that? Five black quarterbacks are one through five. I love it. That's (laughs) unbelievable. History Um, is now. Right, considering where quarterbacks have been and, and the doubts and all that kind of stuff, that's an unbelievable group of guys right there. Yeah, it's cool, and it's happening on the heels of, and listen, like, I don't root for any. I just want people to be represented properly, and I think, you know, black quarterbacks are getting the credit they deserve now, and the game is changing, and I do think Dak does, belongs in that discussion the way he's been playing because we, we get so caught up in doing these top five lists. I feel like sometimes we have to feel like, oh, you got to put Brady in. You got to put A-Rod in. I call him A-Rod again. To anybody listening who loves baseball, I don't care. That's that's yeah. the best A-Rod. Um, so I, I think sometimes we put these legacy top fives in. We should be talking about who's playing the best right now. And Dak is in that top five. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. You look at that list, you're like, this is, this is an, just an incredible story here. So I do want to point out, too, because of the Dak thing, I have some news here. Sources are telling me that before the season, right around the beginning of the season, Dak turned down four years and $140 million. Okay, so that's $35 million a year, which would tie him with Russell Wilson for the highest average annual salary. Russ is at 35, Roethlisberger's at 34, Aaron Rodgers is at 33.5, Goff is 33.5. Essentially, this thing becomes like, well, how soon did you sign your contract? Because Roethlisberger's actually is high, even though he's um, he's up sooner because it was a shorter extension. It was a two-year extension. So Dak may have also turned down $100 million guaranteed. I don't know if that's $100 million guaranteed at signing. That would um, surpass anything else that we've had with Matt Ryan at 94.5. The practical guarantees on guys' contracts, Goff is like 110, Wentz is at 107. So there's a chance Dak turned down $100 million guaranteed at signing, highest average annual salary, and that wasn't enough. And I'm not criticizing him for that, okay? But understand, if those numbers... That's what I have on the numbers. Again, I don't know the language on the guaranteed stuff. I can't get that confirmed. If that's what he's turning down, then you have to understand he's looking at resetting the market, which is something all people should be applauding because the franchise tag has kept average annual salaries down for far too long, especially at that position. So him losing or getting a touchdown at the end of that drive, like that's not factoring into what the price tag is going to be for him. So there you go. I just want to get that stuff out there. No, I, I agree. And and I'm not mad at him for turning that down, but something to think about if you sign that contract in Dallas and you're killing it on the field you can kill it off the field too um exactly so like you know you're leaving a lot to chance there and certainly not going to slight a guy for believing himself a lot of what he does is believe in himself I mean that's one of his biggest assets is his leadership and belief and uh you know it's interesting when you look at him and not do revisionist history but like let's say he goes the length of that field and, and and wins the game uh, we're talking about him in the MVP race. And if you look at the other guys in the race, Russell and Lamar, that's kind of the c- consensus right now. You could argue that Dak has the most talent around him, but the worst coaching. So it's an interesting uh, imbalance there for Dak. And, you know, I I respect Dak, and I think he des- deserves to be in the conversation top five this year. There's no reason not to talk about it right now. That's not to say it's a legacy thing or a long-term thing, but right now, yeah. And he's looking because he'll be the guy doing the most recent contract to reset that. He's not going to want just 35, apparently, if that's what he did and he turned that stuff down. Um, I know you had one more shout out in the New England thing. Let's get yeah, to the rest I, of the stuff. I wanted to shout out. I wanted to shout out Matt Slater, not that he listens to the radio, but I know there's Pat, Pat's fans on here who know that well. 
one of the best teammates I had. I also talked, you know, Matt blocked the punt last night that set up the touchdown. He also uh, had a huge touchdown in the Buffalo game as well. In, in the other really tight game that they won, that was a big one for them when the offense was sputtering. So this is a guy who has a, a direct hand in winning two football games, who's known as a special teams guy. He shows up every week, great teammate, great leader, and they have leadership in New England. And that's the reason why when we talk about that, that college football style playoff thing in a little bit, you know, I, I damn near didn't want to put the Pats on there because I think they have enough issues offensively in the top four. But their leadership and their coaching between guys like him McCordy, Hightower, like that leadership is going away. It's rare in the NFL, and they still have it in droves. So if New England comes away with a big win against Dallas, um, and then San Francisco absolutely puts it on Green Bay. I mean, that was an unbelievable performance, so we're going to spend some time on that. We want to have some fun with the college football playoff rankings coming out every Tuesday. If we were to rank the top four and ultimately top six teams, so the first four in seeding, and then the next two, and feel free to use any ridiculous college football argument that people, fans, media use for or against any teams. Everybody does it. I mean, like, literally, it's a moving target, so I'm just going to make my own rules up. Perfect, because that's all you do. You just use the stuff that tears down what's anti your argument and then just prop everybody mm-hmm. else up that mm-hmm. you're, you're going for. All right. Do you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Uh, okay, I got the Ravens one. We've got two top five wins, and and I'll reveal that the Hawks are five for me. They've obviously beaten the Niners. They got the worst loss. It was as bad as um, the Saints' worst loss, but it happened early. And, lo- and losing to Cleveland, I don't think it's much worse than losing to Atlanta, uh, but it's not much better, even though that's looking better now. Strength of schedule, 16. And they're a team that nobody wants to see right now. Like, nobody wants to see Baltimore. Uh, they got a shot at home field. I think they get it, honestly. Uh, they still got the Rams. They got the Niners, uh, the Steelers, and at the Browns. But they'll be favored the whole way the rest of the year. And, and since Peters got there, defense has been a lot better. I got them one. I got San Francisco second. Really bad strength of schedule. They've exposed some teams. Like, they, they beat the shit out of Carolina, Green Bay, the Rams. And those are teams I think never got well. And I, I don't see Green Bay being quite the same after this loss. Uh, they're balanced. Uh, they have one loss in division. Uh, I, I think if they lose to Seattle, that's a big mover. If they lose to Seattle twice, I think it's hard for you to make a case that if we're doing the college football playoff thing, you can allow a team in that's lost the same team twice because by them losing twice to the Seahawks, the Seahawks probably slide in the top four, and there's no room for both of them. The Saints, I'm going third. Uh, the home-to-home against the Hawks is a tiebreak for me. They got the worst loss in division, though. It's like losing in the SEC to kind of a shitty team. They're, they're going to be, they're going to get the Bama treatment. If Seattle wins out uh, and New Orleans, New Orleans wins out, I don't know what happens. Um, they're probably going to be favored in all their games. They still got the Falcons, the Niners. That'll be the interesting line for me. New England, I'm going to say, is like Bama. We're going to put them in at four. And the reason I'm giving the Saints the nod over them is mainly because the committee wants to see. Uh, an AFC, AFC, NFC, NFC split. So they'll play the Ravens. Uh, their best wins are the lowly NFC East, and they've got a tough schedule ahead, and they got a 26 strength of schedule. I just don't believe in it. They're going to need style points offensively. That, that's my top four. I'll get to my fringe after you do your top four. Okay, give me your order again then, because I feel like two teams you said got the Bama treatment. It usually doesn't happen. Well, you know, for me, it's the Saints and the Patriots. I mean, the Saints and the Patriots almost get legacy treatment, and 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 their records are very good. I think I think the Saints I struggle with because I thought about sliding the 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 Hawks into that third sl- 
slot. I still think the Hawks and the Saints are better than the Patriots, but you can't leave the Patriots out. You just can't. Yeah, see, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to super bam on New England here. I have them won because you know why? Even though they lost the head-to-head with Baltimore, it's that awful thing in college football. It's like, yeah, our loss is to you, but it's a better loss than your losses. And they have two. Yeah. So New England yeah. has the best loss of any of the teams. Um, and I know San Francisco's loss against Seattle but is the up worst there. Wins. But yeah, they have the worst wins, but that's not what we do in college football. We only care about the losses. And Baltimore this has is our two special of them. It's <laughs> <laughs> this unbelievably annoying thing where we only look at who you lost to, not who you beat. But right. you know, look, if if you're New England and you've been in the college football playoff for like, I don't know, half of the last two decades, then I could see that happening. Whereas Baltimore has, you know, the loss to the Chiefs, which is a one score loss, but it wasn't really a one score game. The loss to the Browns, it's bad. They should have also lost to the Steelers. So if I were sitting there on the desk with Reese Davis and Hertzfield and all those guys, I'd be like, you know, they actually could have lost three games in a row, and Cincinnati was a one-score game. So I could start doing all those mm-hmm. things. So I have New England ahead of them in college football sense. I have San Francisco, too. And you're right. If you want to start doing strength the schedule with the heavy hitters, New England's 22. San Francisco's moved up to 30 after their win against Green Bay. And if it weren't for that win against Green Bay, I don't know that I would have put them to, but it was so dominant. It's so horrifying. I think Garoppolo has been steadier, not great, but steadier uh, later in the last few weeks. They didn't have to run the hell out of the ball, but that was an absolute jailbreak all night long. There's nothing that Green Bay could do to block those guys. And think about what they did to Aaron Rodgers. He was 3.15 yards per attempt in that game last night, the lowest number for Rodgers since 2008. He was 0-9 on third down in the first half. That Niners defense, I still think, is better than New England's defense. But I'm going to put their, uh, them at 2. I've got Baltimore at 3. And I have New Orleans at 4, who I don't think their loss is as bad as the Browns' loss for Baltimore. I think their loss to Atlanta is inexplicable. They got just dump-trucked in that game. They were terrible. But it's, it's in division, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. The division games. Well, it's a hate it's hate week, right? Like it, it'd be like, you know, the South Carolina loss this year. Um, you know, it's like, well, it's in it's in conference. Like weird shit happens in the SEC. I don't think anybody should be sitting there saying South Carolina is a hey, it's a division game. It's a division game. Well, I, I, I'm not saying I disagree or agree. The one thing I disagree with your four though is, you know, the San Francisco and New England shuffling. Like they both have bad schedules. They both have essentially the same record. They have the same record. They're one-loss teams, but San Francisco's wins have been so good, and you can't tell me the Patriots match up well against them at this point. That front, this isn't about matchup. That O line, this isn't about okay. matchup. Well, I'm putting that, my. That, if they play in the Super Bowl, I think I'll actually pick San Francisco because of what you just said. I mean, how? Give me your real quick. Just do you have? Do you have Nick Bosa posters up all over your workout shed now? No, I still don't. I I still don't think he's necessarily a better rusher than Joey. I mean, like I Whoa. love, I love, I love both their games. I love both their games, but you know, one's working with a really good group around him, one through four, and some really good coverage. And he and he, listen, I'm not saying I watched the entire game last night. It got boring after a little bit. I didn't think Green Bay was ever that good. You know that. And I'm not saying they can't make a run, but I'm watching Nick Bosa just baptize people left and right. His power is something his brother can't do. I think his brother has more technique. And so it's just, uh, it's 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 different flavors, man. I mean, I, I really think uh, when you're looking at rushers, it's an art form. So yeah, I, I, I think that'd be a bad matchup for New England. And that's why 
I would keep them at two, along with their really impressive wins. New England, you could argue against and be like, hey, it's like the ACC. They're in the AFC East. Like it's in the joke. Clemson thing. Yeah. You just be like, all right. But again, there's argue, there's people that hate the SEC that are arguing very pro Clemson right now because um, they are ignoring all the things they criticized Bama for earlier this year and then just saying, no, but Clemson's absolutely rolling. Uh, by the way, quick thing and on the it, Bosa clan. There's been some internet chatter about just a family free-for-all, how the Longs versus the Gronks versus the Boses would do in just a battle in royale. In a fight? Yeah. In a, oh, we're winning. I got Kyle, bro. <laughs> and, like, if it was Prime Howie, it's not Prime Howie anymore, but Prime Howie could could beat up, like, 99%. No, I don't even want to say 99. 99.9% of the people on the planet. Like, even random... You know how, like, when you think of who you could beat up, you're like, well, there's always that... There's just random dudes. I mean, like, Indiana Jones had to fight that guy by the airplane. Like, my dad could beat that guy up. Like, in, in his prime, so Kyle... Yeah, wouldn't even, he wouldn't even have to use the prop. And, and like, Kyle would have picked the dude up and just stuck him through the prop. Listen, I'm bringing tenacity, toughness. I'm heavy-handed. I'm not the biggest, strongest guy in the world. I'm going to hold my own, but Kyle... And Prime Howie, sorry. Could Prime Howie, like if if Tank Abbott and him were arguing over a parking spot, are you taking Howie? My dad's not going to do a lot of arguing. I'll just put it that way. Okay, um, so look, <laughs> the Bosa guys, though, are, are trim. They're athletic. I think there's a conditioning thing there where they have the advantage on you. And when you start adding the Gronkowski clan up together, like I think three more just were cloned. So I don't even know how many like the Gronk clan could show up twenty deep and you'd be like, who the hell's this guy? Be like, oh, he's in Middle Tennessee oh, well, State. Like, I think he's you a long pitch, snapper. I think you pick your best three. I think you pick your best three or your best two, and you roll with it. If we went best two, best three, as long as Kyle's there, I feel really good about it. And if we and if it's actually like prime Howie, not like Howie after a bunch of shoulder surgeries and whatnot, like you know, down some weight. I feel not, very good. Not late night West Wing Howie. No, not late late night watching West Wing. Uh for sure not. Um but yeah, I, I and also by the way, the Bosas are just really 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 good rushers. So, I don't want to overvalue that in a street fight. Okay. All right. I think that's I think all of that was fair. And people are going to think I'm just backing my guy here. I don't think anybody has the trump card over over Kyle. Now, I don't know that Gronk no, feels they, pain. They, they really, no, they really don't. I'm just telling you, just trust me. Just trust me. This is just some things. This is not a take. This is not, <laughs> this is objective. Ask anybody that's played with Kyle. No, and I just, I could see Gronk after getting hit in the head four times and he's still not hurt and he's bleeding and he's just like, hey, does anybody just want to dance instead? And <laughs> Kyle be like, I'm not here to dance. Okay, so. We did our one through four. We did our one through four. Who would you, would you have an AFC team in either five or six slots like they put up on the television yes. graphic? Yes. When I, when I wrote this down and, and listen, at the end of the day, disclaimer is somebody's going to feel disrespected here. It really doesn't matter. It's, uh, this is an exercise, guys. This is not real life. Patriots fans, I know I put you four, but one, you shouldn't give a shit about me. Ignore the noise. Do your job. Well, this and, is real, though. And two, which, it's, now, now at five through uh, eight, I have the Hawks, the Chiefs, the Vikings, and then Green Bay. That's and, such and a I recency thing with Green Bay. 
No, it's not. Who's been saying all year that they don't like Green Bay as a team? You liked them at the beginning of the year. You liked their defense, the Smith brothers, shout out. But I, I do and then, I remember and then, you did pivot. You did pivot. So I'm not after I'm not the Broncos like after after the Broncos game. You can't, because after the Broncos game, I do four shows here, right? I'm a lot like you. You know, there's a lot of me out in the airwaves right now. I know some of your listeners don't like that in my mentions. You know, evidently, I think your NBA fans don't like me much, but um, I've said on record that after that Denver game, I was not a big fan of their the way they they play the run on defense. I think that Aaron's doing a lot with a little, and at some point they'll come back down to earth. And Aaron's road splits, as you mentioned, he played bad last night. He'd been bad most of the year. In fact, I bet big on on the Niners last night just to prove this, double down on it. But enough about the Packers. They're not getting in the 14 playoff. The Hawks, for me, were really tough because right now I think they're better than the Saints, but the Saints own the head-to-head with a backup quarterback. So that'll all shake itself out. I have the Chiefs' sixth. Tough schedule. Mahomes, Reed, they're getting healthy. They're the really The committee balanced, does respect actually. injuries, right? And the committee always factors in the injury yeah. stuff. Yep, no doubt. And I think they're getting balanced. Like, their defense is playing better. Uh, the, actually, there's a lot of people who are more worried about their offense lately than their defense. Big game versus the Pats, but otherwise, uh, you know, they're all division games or under 500 games left. They could make a run. The Vikings, to me, they'll never get in because people don't believe in Kirk. They they left bias. enough to chance the committee. The committee's not going to do it. NFC North bias. Uh, Seahawks are easily five. Um, the Chiefs thing is interesting there, though, and the metrics still really like the Chiefs, and they're at seven and four with Houston battling it out for the third seed in the AFC. That's not a terrible – when you first said it, I'm like, come on, really? Are we putting an AFC team in there in the six? But I think I'd put Seattle, and I still I'm not going to write off Green Bay. I'm just I'm just not. I'd have them I'd have them six, maybe knowing I'm switching them out for Kansas City a little bit later. I just also know that they're not going to get home field, and they've been just much different on the road. So it's not like necessarily a disrespect thing. Um, but to me, if you're the Saints are in the top four because of the possibility of home field advantage, they have not been impressive lately. They were my favorite team. I thought they were the best team in the league for a long time. But it's going to come back down to earth. Yeah, it's week to week. But, you know, like, if they don't get home field, they're not three for me. If they get home field, they're at least three. I'm not not sure the committee would appreciate that kind of, you know, really, you shouldn't be projecting. We are the committee, bro. Oh, that's right. Okay, let's do... We uh, we answer to us. Let's do our plane rides here. And then we've got the schedule theory for me. It's not even a theory. I'm just going to point it out that it is usually the schedule stupid, the way we talk about all of these NFL teams. And then we get a couple of fun things with offensive stuff and celebrity net worth. Plane ride. Yeah. Um, worst one. Uh, it was probably we had the same teams we chose from the Raiders being minus 56 point differential, c- crashing back down to earth. Uh, but I'm actually going to go Dallas with Jera. Jera. I think Jera's on his own plane. But after that press conference, short week against Buffalo, like Buffalo has been pretty good lately. Josh Allen, great two-game stretch. They're beat up. They're, you know, feeling that New England hangover. I think it's a long flight going west. Yeah, no bueno. I'm going to go Oakland just because, it, and I like this part for Darnold. You know, any of these guys, whether it's Allen, Lamar has proved himself more so than any of the quarterbacks now in that draft class. Um, but I don't, even though the numbers tell you half of them were going to bust, you know, I've, I've talked about this before. I just taped a video for The Ringer where I went through it, and it's like, hey, here's the last 20 years. Here are all the first-rounders. There's 55 quarterbacks, and 28 are convincingly busts. 
And a couple of these guys are going to be busts. And Darnold has been thrown in there like, hey, where, what do we think Darnold's going to be in a couple of years? So I think that part of it's great. But if you're Oakland, you thought, hey, this thing's working, the Gruden thing, the Mayak thing, it's, it's, it could be nothing more than a bad week, but you got it handed to you against the Jets. And we can talk West, East, and all those different things. But, um, you know, I, I think that one is right there with Dallas. But maybe the Dallas one is worse because the magnitude of the entire thing. Best plane ride, I'm going to go Baltimore leaving L.A. tonight. Whoa. It's going to be a good one. So no, I like agree. Future too? plane rides. I yeah. do. I do. I mean, the one thing that – now, there's a big swing here. It could be awful because they're going to get home at like 7 a.m. or it could be just the greatest thing in the world. Um, I like Seattle, though. I like Seattle because – you know, Seattle is realizing that they're for real. They came into, um, you know, with no clowny, you know, bottom five in, in pass defense, DVOA is like 21. They come in and they hold the Eagles who are going through some stuff. Let's go. Least, Let's, which we'll get to. Why don't you just give us the Eagles stuff here now instead? Just do it. Well, because that was a dominant a, win. It, Look, I know the injuries thing here with Philly. You can go over it here. But people are looking at you as like this Wentz apologist yeah. now, and it was awful yesterday. Well, yeah, here's the thing. Okay, so first off, could have been more dominant. I mean, Metcalf dropped the ball in the end zone, uh, and and Russ in, inexplicably overthrew Hollister in the end zone, who was wide open. So those are two scores right there. They're lucky it wasn't worse. And looking at it last week, they're saying – you know, the Pats struggled to get that win in some some ways, and it wasn't even close. Um, listen, the Carson thing, yeah, I'm, I'm a Carson. First, I, w- I hated Carson because I built Nick a shrine to be funny and because I like the movie Major League, and That's everybody right, was in a bad him. mood. Yeah. I hate, yeah, so I hate Carson first. Now I'm a Carson apologist. I have people in my mentions ask me if I'm related to him. And then yesterday I said, Carson hasn't played well yet today. Like, he's playing bad today. I'll give you that. Um, and then I have a buddy who's in the Eagles press box in Philly that texts me. He's like, yo, people up here are reading your tweet and it's causing quite a stir. I was like, oh, what are they saying? Somebody was like, oh, he's trying to be TV guy. I was like, some motherfucker in the press box said that you're in the press box. And like, all I've done is you're in the press box. Who's in the press box? The press. I'm tweeting from my fucking couch. I don't need to be, I don't need to have a podcast or be on Thursday night football with Amazon or be on the ringer with you. Like, it's not how I make my money. I'm not a take guy. Like, I don't think I am. They were accusing my you of being a to, take guy. You were trying to, like, how can I get on Get Up? Yeah, basically, I, I want to get on Get Up. I want to get on, you know, whatever shows. What's Stephen A on these days? First take. Yeah, I want to be on first take. Um, Because I said Carson's playing bad in a game. But he overthrew two screen passes badly in the first quarter and and was all over the place. And I've been defending Carson all year. Carson had a bad game. I think he's bottomed out. You know, there's the excuses. I'll get to him. But, you know, sometimes you look at it like a Kirk Cousins thing and not to compare the two because they're different types of players. But Kirk hit rock bottom against the Bears and never looked back. Now, I think there's a lot of schematic things that are better off and, and you know, some skill position players that are much better off than what Carson has in Philly. But you know he he's got the injuries. We all know we all know who he's without and who he had. I mean he's he's missing Brooks, who we can get to the anxiety thing in in a bit. Brandon Brooks, who's the best guard in the league, at, you know who deals with anxiety, had to miss the game because of an illness, which came out later. Say you know he had basically an episode that he hadn't had in a couple of years. So 
you know, I want to take this this time to support Brooks, and I know that's a tough thing to go through. So um, he also is missing Deshaun Jackson, A.J., Nelly, Lane, which is huge. You look at the Lane numbers, you know, with him the past few games, three drives, 147 yards, 10 points. Without him, uh, 23 drives, 509 yards, and, 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 and nine points. So, like, that's a big difference. And he was under siege a lot yesterday. He's throwing to... By the way, Matt Pryor's never played a game. Brooks comes out. He's got to play like 45 snaps. He's he, he's throwing to uh, Ar- Ortega Whiteside. I got to say it like that, supposedly. Um, J-Matt, who was just came off the street like two weeks ago. Hollins, Mac Hollins, and Greg Ward, who's a kid from Houston who I really like, but hasn't gotten a lot of time in the league. And, and Jay Ajay is your running back who is off the street off an ACL 10 days ago. You stick anybody in this situation, it's not going to be good. So what we're looking at right now is a range. You have Carson's ceiling, which we know is very high, which is the first thing I would look at in a a quarterback. How high is your ceiling? Because coaches' jobs are to get it out of that player. Play callers and coaches. Now, we know this is the floor. I think this is the floor. This is as bad as he can be, and it's lower than I thought. I hope this is the floor. Right. I think it's the floor, dude. You stick anybody in that offense – it's going to be an issue. All right, but and, look, I get usually, it. I get it. You you run through all the injuries. I'm just saying, like, doesn't there have to be an adjustment as to yourself, like as the quarterback, going, all right, you know what? And this is somebody we talked about being an MVP a couple years ago. This is somebody we've always put ahead of all these other dudes. Dak consistently, somebody yeah, that's I'm, always yeah. been projected as a top five guy. Like, hey, he's going to be top five when he's. Ever. Don't you have to understand your own game situation when you've had it now for multiple weeks? You do, weeks. And, that, and that's where I'm getting. Yeah, I'm getting there. because. And here's the problem. I, forgive me for going for fucking four minutes on this thing, but the problem <laughs> is that any take I give on Carson Wentz, unless it's nuanced, is going to get blown out of proportion and misinterpreted. I tweeted that he didn't play so well. I got people in the fucking press box telling me I'm TV guy. I got somebody quote tweeting me like, see, even his teammates are saying it. I'm like, dude, you're a verified account. Like, I've been singing his praises all all year long. The drops are not an excuse anymore. Players aren't dropping balls. He's missing people. He's having a couple bad games here. And and yesterday was abysmal. Five turnovers, he had a big hand in him. But baked into that anti-Wentz argument is always Nick Foles, who I love as well. So I can't keep track of who I love and who I hate. I like both the guys. They're different players. I think Foles, uh, if you look at it, you'd be surprised since 2017. And and 2017 is relevant here because that's the ceiling for both these players. And Nick had two peaks in his career, by the way. There was a Chip Kelly peak. There was the floor in, in St. Louis in 2015, which I was on that team. He threw uh, 10 interceptions, seven touchdowns, was completing like just north of 50%. And we went like bad. We were bad. And, and so coaching matters, scheme matters. And I'll say this because since 2007, since Frank Reich left and since Flip left, you've got Foles is 4-4, four and four, Wentz is 10-12. and 12. Foles is uh, 10 touchdowns, 5 picks. Wentz is 38 touchdowns, 13 picks. 6.9 yards in attempt for Foles, 7.1 for, for Wentz. 96 rating for Foles, 94 rating for Wentz. So that, like, they're the same quarterback, just in different places, dealing with different schemes. Like they've had similar numbers, and you could even argue that Carson's been better, which negates this like anti-Carson on account of the Foles thing argument. The fact of the matter is, scheme matters, and we had lightning in a bottle in 2017. Not just that, we had so much depth, and we had so many good players. Like you cannot tell me it's even comparable. And the difference is, I mentioned I mentioned Brady earlier. 
Brady's got a shit situation right now that I'm sure he's not happy about. But Brady goes out and manages the game. And that doesn't mean he can't win it at times and knows when to make the big throw. But I believe that because of a self-fulfilling prophecy in Philly with the fans, the media, hating Carson, the kid is human. It's in his head, bro. I'm like, I'm watching... Like, he's definitely dealing with that stuff, too. And you can say, well, he gets paid a lot of money no, to that's not what have I'm to saying. deal with just, that stuff. Eventually, it has to be better if we think that you're going to be this guy, even with all of those challenges around So, but So I'm, I would ask, so I would pose this question to you or anybody that, that wants to move on from Carson. For what? Well, I didn't say that. No, I know, I but I, I have that. I'm not even I have close that. to that. Right. Okay, well, that's, been, that's a real narrative in Philly. You're going to yeah. move on from it's a Philly. franchise quarterback? Like, I, I go do it. Go see what happens. I'm just telling you. You move on from Carson, somebody that can get the most out of this kid is going to get the most out of this kid. And you're yeah, going to be really sorry. isn't even close to where I was going with that. And No, I, I know, know. I know I you're not, but I'm playing devil's that. advocate right. here. Right. So, I mean, listen, context matters. Certainly not making excuses. I can't keep track of whether I like him or I hate him, according to some people on Twitter and whatnot. But... I, I like him and Nick. You've got, like I said, Nick, the guy you're comparing to, has not been much better since 2017, even with the Eagles. So they're two good quarterbacks. They do things differently. You could argue that maybe in this terrible situation where everybody's hurt, Nick might be better off because Carson is a playmaker, not a game manager. And that's what he needs to work on being a little bit more of, knowing that, okay, in this situation, this at this point in the season, manage the game a little better. Okay, I, I still want to get to the Garrett um, story because I know you have something on that. i got to get to schedules. We'll have fun at the end. But I want to do a little bit on this Haskins thing. Dwayne Haskins, quarterback for the Redskins, they win 19-16 against Detroit. He had had a tough game throughout, but when it mattered and they got the game-winning field goal on this one, he had a nice run, um, and everybody was making – that was for Stephen A. Smith jokes. He had his teammate from Ohio State, McLaurin, for a 17-yarder on that drive to get him – in a better situation there. So, you know, look, the whole thing, it worked out for him at the end. But then when they had the Lions throw a pick, Redskins office had to come back out on the field, take a knee, and Haskins was taking a selfie with a fan. And as you can imagine, Callahan, now the head coach, wasn't thrilled with it. And this became kind of a generational debate, although... It was an okay boomer moment. It really was. And, I, and if anybody's perused... The kid's content who had the picture taken, who actually was the kid, was like, hey, and then Haskins took his phone and then took the picture. That kid sucks. He is the poster boy for everything that is annoying about generational arguments. He went at Theismann. He did the OK Boomer a million times. He said, hey, I, you know, and then went on TV. He's like, I was a guy that had never been a fan. Now I'm a fan. He was engaging with fans. What's wrong with that? Hey, you know what? Maybe Julian Edelman, when the Pats go on defense, can come sit with us and do an AMA and section whatever. Like there's there's a line to it where yes in that moment Haskins says he has to be better I'm not even beating up Haskins for it I actually was more offended no. by the kid who was arguing and having his moment where everybody's hey dude everybody's gonna forget who you are by Thursday um, it was my it thing was is remind classic. him just remind him yeah just remind him the kid's excited the kid seems like he's got some leadership ability I'm not gonna get carried away here and be like the football thing is figured out because they beat the Lions and Driscoll but. The kid between last week pulling the O-line together, which I thought was, again, like, good idea, maybe wrong place. I think, again, the, the, uh, the taking selfies with the fans, that's, that's legitimate excitement and, and passion on a bad team on a, by a rookie. But somebody's got to be like a vet or somebody's like, 
dude, this is going to look bad. You got to come sit over here. We, I don't want to deal with this all tomorrow. And uh, it's not the end of the world at all, but it is funny. No. And the funny part to me is like, it's not the end of the world at all. But even pointing it out on Twitter yesterday, I was watching people just get eviscerated for even being like, did you see what Haskins did? Okay, boomer. Like, dude, like, listen, my man, it, it's not the end of the world, but I've never seen it happen. <laughs> Just yeah, like, and when you're sitting comment? there saying a vet should be there to make sure it doesn't happen, what are you doing? Like, what is a vet? Sp- hey, let's make sure, hey, get eyes on Haskins. Let's no, make sure when he's you not see going that, IG live. When, no, 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 no. When you see that, you're not, no. I'm taking, I'm actually taking the pressure off the kid who got excited and did something a little silly. Uh, I think if if you see it, somebody would be like, hey man, we still gotta, we still gotta take a knee here. We gotta kneel down. It's not the end of the world. It really doesn't matter who's gotta take the knee. I'm sure Case Keenum wasn't real happy to go out and take the knee. <laughs> Dudes hate that. Uh, uh, anyway, all right. So it wasn't wasn't so. It's not a big deal though. Like let's the, the disclaimer here is it's not a big deal for me. It's more it's more the impact and the fallout and how funny it is depending on what narrative you're trying to push. And it usually lines up generationally. But I wasn't the only player that was like, yeah, that wasn't the best look. But yeah, but that's not a narrative. That, that isn't narrative. That isn't just, it's common sense. Like sometimes we make these yeah. things more complicated. And like, I know I've just said that, you know, this became a generational thing. On, But this is a very simple thing. Like, hey, you're on this football team. If you want to take a selfie with a fan, you can wait till the after the game. And maybe it means nothing for Haskins or maybe three years from now we come back. If Haskins struggles, it'll be a thing that is brought up. I don't think it means anything. Right. I don't, but it will be brought yeah. up. I don't think it's going to, but we, but, but when we continually praise like the Patriots for the Patriot way and doing everything right and not giving anybody anything, we were mystified by it. The same people are mad if you kind of chuckle at the Dwayne Haskins thing. It's like, chill, man. Like, it's not that serious. And one guy was like, you need to calm down. I'm like, it sounds like you need to calm down, bro. Like, I'm just tweeting about what I see, just like every play on the field. Let's get to Garrett and uh, the rest of the stuff here. But first... How about this read? You're going to you're going to make fun of me so bad. Uh, here we go. I'm pretty conscious about what I eat, especially when I'm going to work out. Hey, Google, how much protein is in an egg? There are six grams of protein in one large hard boiled egg. The Google assistant is ready to help. You get more done with just your voice in the car, at home and everywhere. You take your phone, a little help, hands free. Just say, hey, Google, to get started. Go ahead. Laugh. Hey, Google, buy Ryan some shirts with sleeves on them. <laughs> Kyle, who approved that? Who approved that? Was that? Dude, it was not me. I wouldn't have done that to you. Was, did Liz do that to me? <laughs> I don't know, dude. That's on the nose. Did Did Google talk back? By the yeah. way, it does. We FaceTime during this pod because as two, two friends who are trying to do a pod, it's hard without the FaceTime. And uh, it looks like you've been doing a, an upper workout today, bro. No, I'm just getting started. I'm just walking around the house. As soon as I leave here, okay, it's on. I don't even know what I'm going to do. I don't even know because I'm still dry just, fit, cut off. I'm just nursing stuff. Um, so there you go. There's there's our there's our Google demo. Um, and thank you for the answer there. Okay, Miles Garrett. Uh, we didn't really touch on it, and I know you want to talk about it specifically because you're connected to the story with his involvement in Water Boys. But the latest thing after the appeal was was denied and the leaked story about whether or not a racial slur was used and Mason Rudolph after actually being benched in his game 
for Pittsburgh denied using it. Uh, it's always a really difficult thing to try to figure out. But the one thing that jumped out to me was the story about whether or not his penalty or his punishment would leak into next season. And that's where I think in the moment we are collectively the worst when we talk about punishment. Everybody is super emotional. That's when you're not supposed to make decisions. That's when you shouldn't be negotiating. Instead, everybody's emotional, suggesting all these things and trying to outdo the next guy with all this punishment. What he did was bad. What he did was the worst thing. If you think that Rudolph should have been suspended because he grabbed Garrett's mask first and stepped to him, then I would say that means you think that everybody that steps to somebody or grabs a helmet in a pileup should then be suspended. That seems absurd. Garrett did the wrong thing. But having said all of that, Garrett should not be suspended into next year. That's ridiculous. So I'm kind of left at kind of these these murky conclusions. But one thing I'm definitive in is that let's not lose our minds and have the guy be missing weeks into 2020. No, I agree with you. And I think we've already lost our minds, but you can already see it. Your, your hypothesis um, that watch next week you know, it'll subside. It went from last week, the guy punched a baby on the field was what I felt like happened. And babies aren't um, even allowed like, to play. No, babies aren't allowed to play. And if they were, you shouldn't punt them. But like, that's what I thought that he did. I thought he like picked up an eight, eight month old and punted it out of the stadium and it landed in, in Lake Erie. Is that the lake? Yeah. 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 That was what I thought Twitter saw. Like, but it was a bad, ugly football fight. And Waterboys is, of course, shameless plug, our charity. You can go check it out at waterboys.org. Miles Garrett is a big part of it. I handed him the keys. I know the kid well. I don't, I don't know him like that well. We don't go back. But uh, I, I admire his intellect and his, his in, intentional nature in how he approaches his charity work. Uh, this was way out of character. And when it happened, I was so, so confused. And, in fact, for the record, I, I – I'm the one who condemned my buddy and the guy that works with my charity at possibly the cost of us getting donations. And I also didn't make it about, uh, about Rudolph at all. That wasn't the day for it. Friday wasn't, I did it on my show. And a lot of this I've already said, but most people don't listen to my pod. So I figure I'll just say it again. Like, you know, we've got people in the aftermath, you know, Peter King saying something that hasn't happened in decades needs to be litigated like something that hasn't happened in decades yeah well that's I'll, just not true i mean you, you, right. you got flozell adams you've got antonio smith hell you've got joe green who is one of the good guys in our nfl history who had his moments and is a great ambassador for the league he's my dad's favorite player he's like all i heard about is how awesome he is and in 1970 i think he struck somebody with a helmet ironically against the cleveland browns and uh so I, I would ask like Peter King or Mark Slareth, who I, you know, not to single him out, is just one of many tweets that said, I've ne and former players saying, I've never seen this ever in my life on a football field. I, you're either really lucky or disingenuous because I saw a couple helmets swung at least. And um, maybe they know, meant it in games. Rudolph, maybe Slareth means it in a game that he played in, though, or just, uh, yeah, maybe, right. maybe. But, but, but then I would ask like a Slareth or somebody in like, Believe me, I like Mark. Like, me and Mark are cool. Yeah. I would ask, I just disagree. Like, somebody who says you've never seen it, I'd say, well, it's happened in practice, actually on camera. And actually, it's happened in the game. I've never seen somebody connect that way in a game. But Antonio Smith hit incognito right upside the jaw with his helmet uh, less than a decade ago. I would just say, it, so is your problem that it happened and it looks bad for the league? Or is your problem that it happened at all? Because if your problem is that somebody was possibly had a, a chance to get hurt, then you should be going back and litigating practice fights and and everything that didn't happen in primetime on Thursday night. It sounds more like you're concerned about the the image of the league. 
Um, and then there's the fallout, right? And I've said this with a slur. I knew about it on Friday after we shot our show. I heard about it from his team, was told to keep it on the low. Now, I don't necessarily agree with the strategy of keeping it on the low because as Miles has now learned, for whatever his motivations were for not bringing it out, whether it was to not incite a race war or like make an excuse for his, his actions, which he's continued to say, like, there's no excuse for my actions. It leaked. And that's what happens in situations like this. You go to the league office. I don't know if the league office leaked it. I doubt his team did because they were trying to keep it down. Um, I don't know who did it. But if you're calling Miles a liar, and I do not know what happened on the field. Only two people know that. Maybe more, well, but only I, two I think for a couple sure. more probably would because, I mean, they're all Okay. Yeah, but, but you're telling just, me there's never an incident. Okay, but you're ne- there's not an incident in the entire game where the two of them are walking by each other. Or I, I know you're talking about the one play, but we don't even know that the allegation was that it was only on the one play or, or the one play. So I would just say this. If your basis for calling Miles a liar automatically, and I do not know what happened on the field, I'm not going to choose sides because that's two grown men, whether I know one or work with one or not, that's between them. And your premise for calling him a liar is that it took him a week to talk about it. You're completely wrong because he didn't He didn't talk about it. It got leaked. He was forced to talk about it because people couldn't keep their mouth shut on it. And so I guess my thing is, it's just as unfair to do that as it would be for me to pigeonhole Mason Rudolph because of his politics and assume that he's going to drop an N-bomb on a field full of dudes that would not be very happy about it. First off, it's incredibly, I mean, it goes without saying, it's ridiculously wrong if that's what happened. Two, you'd have to be a total moron. So just because he wears a head, uh, red hat, he's got a crush on Tommy Lauren, and as I noted, not the the knockoff Tommy Lauren, Britt Brit McHenry, but the real Tommy Lauren, um, I'm not going to assume that he's going to use that slur. So it's wrong to assume either guy's lying just off that. Only two people know it, and the NFL says they don't have any film. Because I'm not saying this is the motivation, but you can't have a violence and a racism problem. So the quicker this goes to bed, the better for the league. Uh, I, I know that I've heard about his team kind of handling this the, in the past week, and and I feel like they've been trying to sell, whether accurate or inaccurate, I don't know. But the way they've gone about trying to sell, like, hey, make sure if you're talking about Miles, make sure you understand all these things. And this is all I've heard secondhand. It's not like any of them called me. I've only heard good things from teams that evaluated him, that know about him. And it, I'm not even talking about team people from the Cleveland Browns. I'm talking about other teams. That have, that have asked me about it. I don't really know what to believe. I don't know if Rudolph wears that hat, that that means what he's he's down for saying. I know a lot of people it do. Doesn't. Um, it doesn't. You know, I, I think some people can vote a certain way because of the economy, and it doesn't mean that everybody's in the same group. But I mean, well, one thing I do This isn't a political know, podcast. No, no, right, right. Sometimes we are. But look, the, the appeals officers are James Thrash and Derek Brooks. Do you think the NFL right now, if it were true, would want to tell a black player, hey, we don't believe you or we don't want this out because we want to but protect Mason Rudolph. But my thing Mason is, why, why would they wa- would do that in 2019? I have why a hard are time you assuming that, that? Why are you assuming that Derek Brooks would know? Why are you assuming that those guys would know? Like the NFL, if there was a film, which by the way, evidently they were looking for a mic. And, and Jay Glazer reported, um, and I know this is true, and you know I can verify because I knew this on Friday, was that, you know, and I knew about the slur on Friday, and I wasn't the only one, evidently, because Jay came out and said that. You knew that about the accusation they, of the slur. Right. I knew about the accusation, allegedly, and I've, I've tried to say that as much as possible. It's tiresome to say it every sentence. Jay Glazer was supposed to have a sit-down interview with Miles on Sunday, and either the league or the Browns killed that. I don't know. Um, but, you know, they were also looking for 
They were also looking for tape. Um, they were looking for microphones. And a guy that I trust in the league who mics people and, and knows about that side of things was like, it's very abnormal that the, that the NFL wouldn't have a mic on the field. Um, that somebody's not mic'd, whether it's the guard or the center or Mason or, you know, so it's just the, the circumstances surrounding it are unfortunate because we're never going to know the truth. And somebody is really wrong here, whether you're lying about that or whether you said it. And if he said it, I'll say this, if he said it and he allegedly said, and the unfortunate thing is this soundbite's going to make the most news out of this entire segment, I would have hit him twice. Yeah, I get it. Look, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, honestly, it's it's been a week plus of it. I don't know who to believe. Um, but if you're telling us that on Friday you had known about it, the execution of getting it out there, or if you're Garrett, I don't know, because then I feel like I'm going down the road where it feels like I'm protecting Rudolph. I mean, maybe the NFL didn't mic up Rudolph because they were like, dude, Rudolph, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't want <laughs> well, what, what you we just can't have... And, and listen, Cleveland fans that that played this out tailgating and were like hitting a dummy of Mason Rudolph, like classless. Yeah, you know, whatever. like people are drinking and but I mean, but, gonna but at the end of the day, I don't think any fan base is immune to that type of activity. I think no, of course if not. The roles were reversed. The Steelers fans will be doing the same shit. Um, so it's unfortunate. We don't know. We don't know what to make of the veracity of that allegation. Ready to have some fun? Yeah, that wasn't fun. <laughs> okay, this spawned from who's richer, Rosillo or Big Cat? And I think we came down to some kind of conclusion on the text thread that I he has some stuff coming, potentially. And I don't want to get in another man's pocket here, even though we all just talk about it all the time with sports. Um, we also don't want to steal a segment. We're pretty sure we didn't steal this from PMT, but we don't listen to a lot of pods, even people we like no i listen to a lot of their interviews um but i don't what happens is is the part of my take audience is so young that anything that you do that may be similar to something they've done which could have very well been something van pelt and i did 10 years ago then it turns into you stole it from those guys and you're like well actually a lot of guys have been doing a lot of stuff a long time and you're like 18 so um just just <laughs> just trust that guys have been around like 26 years more hey, than you and have. we're friends with dan yeah and we're all friends and anyway pft and so. pft yeah, PFT, I don't know what the rankings are right now between those guys. And don't leave out Hank. So, yeah, but tell them what it is, though. What the content, what, what, what the segment is? What, what the entire conversation, did we say it was net worth? We're doing yeah. a net worth thing? Right, so we started doing some Googling of net worths and all this stuff. And the, the information out there is so incredibly bad. Like mine, there's a couple that I don't, you know, I don't want to bum people out here because let's face it, guys that do well in this business make more money than you want to hear that they're making. Um, but the downside of that is that I had no money, like literally no money to my name up until like 32, 33 years old. Okay. Like zero. So, you know, that's, that's the trade-off. You got to see. I've seen there. your, so, I've seen your pad now. It's pretty good. Okay. So <laughs> there's one website. I swear all these celebrity net worth things, what we're going to do here is we're going to do celebrity net worth over-unders based on limited internet research. And the reason why I love the limited internet research is you can just keep going and going and going. I've seen some about me that say I'm making $50,000 a year. That's a little low. Um, there's one that has my net worth. It's close. There's another one that's not even close. I always think they're written by Russian people. This one says... <laughs> He seems so much confidential about his personal life. He has not yet revealed his love affair and married life. He has not talked about his girlfriend or wife. He may be a married. He may be a married 
or in a relationship, but no proof about the rumor is yet published. He drives a Land Rover, which cost around $73,000. He is living a luxurious lifestyle with his family. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Hey, say hi to the kids in the background. Hey, (laughs) hey, kids. Hi, Mr. Cillo. Yeah, right. Thanksgiving. How's that Range Rover running? I I, uh, I wish it only cost $73,000, but... Oh, flex. Yes. Weird flex. But... Let's uh let's do this. So we we're gonna we're gonna tee up three to each other and we're gonna say over under and then whatever whatever yeah. internet stuff you want to use here. Cause that's the other thing is all my guys, I have all these quotes from these. I don't know who writes these net worth websites. They're the most poorly written things ever, but I can't wait to do it. Awful. All right. All right, are you ready? Yeah. You want me to hit you first? Why don't you hit me first? Okay, Salt Bay. The Turkish Bay. chef who does the salt thing off the elbow in a sensual manner. What are you setting the over-under at? Okay. I found a number that says 50 million. 50? Five zero. Oh, I'm, I'm taking the under. I think, I think homeboy's worth in the range of five to $10 million because I, I think that, I think that his restaurants are probably doing really well. I think in assets, if you had, a, are we doing assets or are we doing just like cash in the bank? Well, we never know, right? Because there's there's assets, yeah. there's future earnings, which was hilarious because then when I Googled the celebrity net worth and then I was like, does net worth mean future potential earnings? And then it just sent me a ton of links of future celebrity net worth, which is the second one coming up to you, by the way, future the rapper. Okay, um, so Salt Bay, Salt Bay chain, I just got this from, from my dude here, Cowboy Reed. It's not doing Salt- well, by the way. It's not doing well. No, the chain restaurants are worth $1.5 billion, according to Google. <laughs> now, but see, I found stuff. The guy dressed up as Castro and stood in front of a picture of a Castro mural, and then somebody was going Yikes. at him, and he was like, I am, he basically equated like the Castro revolution to his revolution in being a restaurateur. And then people in Miami were like, peace. I actually, Salt Bay sucks. If you Google them and start reading (laughs) about this stuff, he pulls tips and then they have a service fee that if you break glasses and plates, apparently, all allegedly, right? Where you take, he takes all the tips from that night shift and then the broken plates and glasses are paid for out of the tips and then he pulls the tips to everybody else so he got hit with a massive multi hundred thousand dollar lawsuit by a waitress he had to settle out of court for it apparently he was doing it in Miami he was doing it in New York um he fed this Venezuelan dictator that didn't go over well so there's a lot of stuff out there on him and despite the views on Instagram I don't know what his his hand is in any of the restaurants I don't know what his percentage is. Is he first money in? Is he any of these things? One New York steakhouse was described as like the worst, most overpriced steakhouse in all of New York City. So it's definitely south of 50 million. I don't even know what the number is. Well, you, you, you're dealing with some, I, I think it's south of there. I think it's between five and 10 mil. I think I have a hot take. If he doesn't have his hair, he's he's not the same. It's not the same. I mean, the wrist no. action is- Salt Bob. The wrist action is, yes, he's Salt Bob without the-, without the uh, Without the Vidal Sassoon looking ass uh, man that bun, is a great and, Vidal Sassoon pull. Yeah, and and at the end of the day, like I think he might be a victim of his own hype, uh, much like a movie like The Joker. Uh, you know, you're you're <laughs> there's so much buildup, and then you go to Salt Bay's restaurant, and it's steaks a little dry. You know, the experience isn't great. A lot of broken glass, a lot of unhappy uh, <laughs> servers. Off yeah, servers. I, I think. North of five, but lower than 10. Okay. All right. I think we settled it. What do you got for me? I think the internet pays too, Ryan. 
No, I get it. YouTube, I get it. Sh- shit like that. I would look. I would love. I've thought about posting my shoulder workout from this past weekend because I'm really proud of it. And then I'm going to start yeah. selling some pea protein and and whatever. But I was going to do a full IG story as if I were a real fitness person, just to screw around with it, just to see what what would happen. Listen, knowing it's working for some guys and girls, I'm seeing people with like easily six figure followers who I'm like, yo, you're not even in shape. Yeah, I think a lot of those people, if you did, oh, I have half a million followers on Instagram, I'm pumping out some teeth whitener, you know, a little, little pea protein, you know, scrunchies are back. I think those people mm-hmm. are are well below a million dollars, but their celebrity net worth is always high because they look at the following on stuff. And I don't I don't always buy that. And I gotta tell you, some of these sumo deadlift videos, it's not that impressive. But you know what? I don't I don't want to go down that road. Yeah, especially not on upper body day for you. I'll go next. Uh, I will go with a big earner here. <laughs> Strangely, a big earner. Michael the Turner. Carrot burner. top. Oh, no. Carrot top. Carrot top. The Google machine says he's worth 75 big ones. I think he's worth more. You think he's worth more? Usually, if you get, uh, and listen, is he still I'm, selling there's nothing out? Against, there's nothing against getting work done up top on the grill. But. Not for me, but usually if you start getting work done on the grill, I just assume your financials are out of order. All right, but he's got he's got he's the Luxor guy. Luxor, look- I know, I read about it. I'm looking at this right now. I mean, he's every night. I'm taking the under, but not by much. I think comedians do well, especially like if there's a little nostalgia with it. And uh, my man is in his fifties, by the way. But again, I'm sticking to the fact that if you're if you're speaking of deadlifts. If you're if you've altered your grill, I'm always going to assume that there's something awry in the old bank account. Maybe I shouldn't have gone over that because I always think like anybody that's involved with a sitcom or music and the royalties after that, like what's his royalty situation? I'm going to change my mind. Don't I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. Yeah, I'll go. I'll take the under. I'll take the under. Now, could he make that? What does he? Is he a saver? Is he a spender? You know, is he always ordering for? I don't Prime? know. Yeah. Yeah, he might be. Does he search out the book and be like, hey, Ned's Booksellers has the same thing at We can't leave less. out the fact. Oh, God. <laughs> we, can't, we can't leave out the fact that he's muscle bound either. That's what I'm saying. Right. Okay. All right. Um, Strangely re- muscle bound. Like, my man was on steroids for a little bit there. Is oh, he he's still definitely, jacked like no. that? He, he, was, he was on some shit. No question. It's cost money. Yeah. The good stuff. You know, when I was down in Cabo, it was like, are you serious? I'm supposed to walk into one of these places? There's just a picture. Oh, of when a- you're in Cabo, bro, you can go in and, uh, yeah, hey, like, need some uh, need some morphine? It's right here on the wall in pill form, right next yeah. to the ibuprofen. That's scary stuff right there. Okay. Um, future. And here's a review of Future from one of these Russian celebrity net worth. I, I, I'm convinced they're all Russians. Here's the yeah. quote. Future uses autotune extensively both in his songs and raps. Many popular magazines acknowledge this fact and yet loves the creativity that the star brings in using the latest tools. Despite his work, some artists even criticize Future's work. As far as sources are concerned, rapper T-Pain slammed Future of using the autotune to which there was an ugly spat between the two rappers. Oh, by the way, Future's music comes closest to conjuring the numbing overstimulation of our times. I'm setting oh. the over under at 40 million. I'm going to take the over. I'm a big fan of Future's work. I love Future. I'm actually, 
cool. I'm actually trying to figure out what my favorite fo- my favorite song is by Future. I don't mm. want to sound too white. Let's just let's just take the over and move on. Yeah, we we both agree. Now, I think there's always a little concern about future earnings. Yeah, no pun intended. But there's no doubt when you're probably one of the most popular guys uh, going in the game right now. I don't think 40 million is a hard number for him to eclipse. I, I, there's no way because there's no way. I think that's too low. Celebrity net by, worth was low. On by that. the way. By the way, T-Pain still bringing it. So I'm at Bonnaroo. Really good act, man. Like, never thought that that was something that would age well. Still going with a hat? But he's still... Huh? Is he still going with a hat? I don't remember. (laughs) You don't. Speaking of hats, though, because I feel like you're real close to wanting to pull off another tier of hat that you'd like to wear to a festival, but you're afraid of doing it. So you kind of do these entry-level kind of like Panama Jack deals. And I think there's another hat. level thing. Yeah, you, there's another hat that you want to get to. You know what I'm thinking of having? If I end up moving, instead of have a have a swarming party, which is always going to be tough for me because no one in LA goes anywhere, but I'd like to do a theme dress up party and have everybody yeah. dress up as LA D bags. And I really missed my window a weekend ago to do that at a fancy party that I was at. And I go, you know what? You should have, instead of just going hoodie and joggers like you always do, and I sat and watched the Baylor game and didn't talk to anybody, yeah. I've got to go, I think, I think I'm going to go tactical mess, <laughs> tactical mesh vest and just like Hillsong cowboy hat. Hillsong <laughs> cowboy hat, tactical vest, and like whatever, just, you know, ripped up jeans, some Tokyo company. I love it, bro. I, I love the concept of the party. And yeah, for me... If you do, if you do want to allow me to come, because that might be the the party that I can actually pull off some of the looks I've been trying to pull off. That That's I've what I'm saying. To. Yeah, like you know, I've been af- I've been afraid to cross. Like I've always been a bolo tie guy. Like I do have a number of bolo ties that are some of them are so nice that I actually like. I'm afraid to wear them. Like I have a nice little bolo collection. I go to a place in Montana to get them every summer. No, that's nice. Custom. And then I never have reasons to to wear them. And whenever I'm at that shop, they have a lot of really cool like turquoise jewelry that dudes wear. Like if they're like, <laughs> I don't know where these dudes are that wear this shit. They're they're all like dudes in the black crows. There's no like there's no way anybody that's not a musician or living in like hipsterville can pull it off. But they look kind of cool. Some of these turquoise bracelets and shit. I just I, I'm not gonna do it. True. But, you know, but you, you could never... not pull off turquoise. I'd have a better shot than you for sure. Oh, bald, yeah. muscle bound guy with with turquoise. Not it's not the <laughs> it's not the look. So are you trying to tell me that D'Angelo Jeremetrius Vickers, whose whose passions were the American Southwest, Will Ferrell's <laughs> character on the on the office. That's the stuff about Will Ferrell that I always think is like next level funny. And I know some people don't appreciate it the way I do, and that's fine. We all have different tastes. But when Will Ferrell's trying to figure out what his office character is going to be, in two of the things that are immediate, he's like, Well, one of my passions is the American Southwest. And yes. everything is turquoise, like turquoise accessories all over. And he had to have told the office people and the writers, like, a thing that we should add to this is that I'm just going to be wearing a ton of turquoise. That was an important detail. It was like it was like Homeboy, his his character in Eastbound and Down, which is remains to be one of the, I mean, that season's one of the best Ashley Schaefer, Schaefer, com- comedic. Schaefer BMW. Ashley, Ashley Schaefer, that fucking hair, dude. The hair, the, his wife, Beverly, 
It was all Ric Flair. And then it's Donna. Right. I'm thrusting down on Donna. <laughs> like, Let the what, boy dude? watch. Like, that back and forth with he and Danny McBride. No, seriously, that is that is like Marlon Brando, Stella type of stuff, where he and Danny McBride yeah. is like, oh, Ashley, that's a girl's name. I love girls. Thank you very much. I, I see that as a compliment. <laughs> Thank you very much. I take that as a compliment. Ashley, Ashley's the out, a girl's the name. The outtakes... The outtakes from that season, if you haven't watched them, you need to go watch them. We gave you Nick Cage last week. This is probably more traffic, but watch the outtakes from Eastbound and Down that season. Watching Craig try to keep a straight face between Ashley and Danny in the, uh, it, it, I'm calling it, between Will and Danny in the in the car dealership. I sell fucking Kias! <laughs> it's the best that, character, supporting character in TV history, bro. And apparently... McBride, like Pharaoh, when he's doing his thing, makes me laugh in a way that's not motivated by anything else other than just looking at him. And McBride <laughs> apparently does that for Pharaoh, which is the story. And then Plums. he just watched McBride and was like, I just can't stop. And the McBride thing when he's a substitute teacher and Van Pelt and I used to have that drop all the time where he's like, and what people don't know is these guys, they ruled the kingdoms with magic and these dudes were wizards. <laughs> And if you find that clip on YouTube and McBride talking to this classroom, making up a history lesson, it's it's just, I don't know. Do you, and look, and some people like you, it and some people just go, this isn't even that funny. And that's why we're all different. So there you go. Hey, if it's not for you, it's not for you. Uh, do you know where Danny's from? He's from, uh, I thought he was from one of the Carolinas, right? North Carolina? Fredericksburg, Virginia. Little oh, he's town, from Virginia. 40 miles from me. Yeah. All right. Comes back for the Virginia Film Festival in Charlottesville, Virginia a lot. Sounds like Never a future chalk guest. Yeah, maybe. We'd love to have him. Fishbowl. Okay, you got one for me? We got, we got three more. Yeah, I, I'll, go, I'll go Les Stroud. Um, Survivor <laughs> man. One of my favorite people. If you're listening, Les, can we hang out? Um, he was the self-camera guy. He was like the guy that was yeah. like, whatever Barrel Grylls in your production team. Like, I'm here solo with a, with a handy cam, Sony. Eight bit. Yeah, he he was like the indie film version of Bear Grylls. Like Bear Grylls was the big Hollywood blockbuster movie where you're like, it's a fucking forty foot wall. Let me just jump down it real quick. Like no one would do that in a surviving situation. Yeah, like, and, and the whole French know, Foreign Legion thing. What is that? I'd love to check that out because all I ever know about the French Foreign Legion, which is nothing, growing up was like where you just sweat. <laughs> okay, like if well you're then. in. If you were in Europe and shit just wasn't working out, you joined the French Foreign Legion. And apparently they're kind of badasses, or they aren't, or where are they in comparison to Special Forces guys in the U.S.? But I always had this I'm weird... I'm going to say, I, uh, yeah. I don't know, but I've always had this weird affinity. Like, if I was ended up in the south of France and things went wrong, I'd be like, well, I guess I just joined the French Foreign Legion now. We go to Africa and post up. That can't all be could that be hard. made um, Can't be that hard. And, and the thing about Stroud is, wow, of course, he's not only... And I, I like... Bear Grylls, but this guy's the indie film version. He's he's more legit. His net worth here is set at five five. Um, I I don't know if I'm going to take the over and under, but I'll tell you that for him, probably like one point five mil is enough to live like a king for the rest of his life. My man does not need creature comforts. I can't imagine him having expensive taste. Like, what kind of car do you think homeboy drives? Uh. A Subaru Forester is what he drives. Subaru, Subaru Forester. Yeah, maybe. There's no way Use. he doesn't drive a Subaru Forester. You don't remember the Renault Encore? You don't remember that one? No. No. Oh, uh, no. I wasn't alive then. True. Okay. All right. I got one more for you. The Sham Wow guy. 
Sham Wow. Yeah, let me Google him real quick. I'm I'm trying Vince, to remember what he looks like. Vince Shlomi. Is he in jail? Well, his future net worth has gone down. Um, I, I know think he, got, he did. Oh boy. Yeah, he's aggressive looking. No, he just looks aggressive. What's going on with the hair? It's like he's a, got a look. It's like he's a, got a look. He, he sold the slap chop, the sham wow thing. Remember, he's like, hey, "You're gonna love my nuts." Um, that was his big. That was his go-to line. He was also. I love that it says that his profession is comedian, actor, film director, and screenwriter. Yes, I know he got into trouble years ago um, for something. I have no idea what happened, other than the charges were dropped. I don't know. Um, he did. He's got write the. A, it's like the Stegosaurus thing going on with his hair. It's like what? It's like kind of a mohawk, kind of not a mohawk at all. It's like. You just made your hair a mohawk for no reason other than to shoot an infomercial. <laughs> he actually He's wrote and starred in this movie. Um, the New York Post review said, quote, maybe the least amusing comedy ever made. No. <laughs> was it hey, out. was it a dry com- was it a dry comedy, Ryan? I don't know. I, it sounds like it was just kind of gross. Um, and so Vince um, tall guy. Don't know his current situation. It says his, his net worth is at two mil. Oh, I'm taking the under. I don't know. Not adjusted for lawyer fees. It seems like a guy with a lot of alimony. I don't. We don't know if that's true or not. We don't know. It's all speculation in this a segment. Lot of, uh, a lot of it. I, a lot of it. Reckless. I'll go under as well. But the the girls that would hook up with you because you're on a sham wow commercial are probably. Their crossover on the Venn diagram of women that are trying to take advantage of you is pretty, or chicks you don't want to be with is probably pretty high. And I think that he he had probably a, a, a you know he probably had his party years, and now he's on the back end. I'm taking. I'm going to stop you there because one of them is pretty bad. He was like arrested for assault. So okay, well I didn't know that. it was kind of like when you read that entire book about the Rockefeller guy, and you were like, oh, this guy's awesome. And I'm like, well, if you read here on his Wikipedia, he was basically the most dad, awful person alive. I didn't say Big Bill was awesome. I said he was a real scoundrel, but we hadn't gotten to the part later on about Big Bill Rockefeller. That's the problem. Well, like, ShamWow sounds like a fucking scoundrel. Okay, sounds good. You got one more for me? Yeah, I had Vin Diesel. Uh, the Google machine has $200 million. I'm going to go over. Yeah, I think it's over. I think whenever you're doing stuff that continues to be the creative stuff that continues to be fee related, royalties, all this stuff. Um, although he has a really particular way about him. Like he won't he wouldn't do movies unless his name were in it. Like the the movie has to be named after the character that he plays in the movie. That's why it's Riddick, that's why it's Triple X, that's why he's not in the second Fast and the Furious, because he wanted to be Well, why was he in the first one? Because at that point, he didn't blow up enough. So I, some of me, I always kind of wonder, like, I know I brought this up before, but do you go just asshole, insufferable asshole route in life, or do you go, hey, we're all trying to get by in society here? And at some point, Vin Diesel just said, hey, these are the rules if you want to be in Vin Diesel, you know, the Vin Diesel business. And I guess it worked it's out It's kind of like being him. in the Dak Prescott business. Yeah, but I don't think Dak is as difficult. I, no, I'm just saying these dudes know their worth. Fucking Vin Diesel knows his worth. Dak knows his worth. They're both going to be worth Did a couple see, hundred mil. How many times you see Triple X? Never. The how only about movie Riddick? I what? Bro, I saw Riddick when I was younger. I think I saw Triple X when I was younger. I remember there was a movie about like pyramids and like is it Scorpion King. No, that's The Rock. That's The Rock. Yeah. 
Wait a minute. Did, okay, we just well, hear, wasn't, did you hear nephew Kyle just just aghast in the background about not seeing Triple X? Kyle, you want to jump in bro, here? I mean, I said it all, man. It's, it wasn't a lot to watch. I thought Triple X was watchable for everybody. You liked it. Was it? I liked it. Well, I'm looking at his filmography here, his IMDb. And the only movie that I legitimately could tell you loosely what's happening in the movie is the Fast and the Furious movies. Because I know it's about cars, but I had no idea he wasn't in all of them. And what's the redeeming factor in the movie about cars? They're fast, dude. That's what I hear. And Furious. These fucking cars are angry, bro. There's some good Fast and the Furious things. Like Tokyo Drift is is a great movie. It's a great soundtrack. And, um, you know, the NCIS version of Paul Walker isn't everybody's favorite. Um, but, you know, look, quarter mile at a time, that's kind of the way you're doing it. I just remember running into Lewis one day at ESPN and we're like, stop freaking out. It's not about you. It's pa- it's uh, uh, here's the movie I was thinking of. Pitch Black. It's not necessarily in the desert, but is that po- he was on. Was he in Saving Private Ryan? He is in Saving Private Ryan. He gets whacked early. I just watched it after reading the Normandy book. It's, what the fuck was his argument there? He hadn't blown up yet because it's. You don't get to come on a Tom Hanks set and no, I don't think Spielberg was like, oh, well, we're going to call it Saving Private Ryan. That's the script. It's kind of the shot here. We're going to be Normandy. Yeah, we're going to need this to be Saving Private Diesel. Ryan. He's like, I want it to be Diesel Beach. You just call it Diesel Beach. <laughs> <What the fuck? laughs> what if it were called Diesel oh. Beach Saves Private Ryan? <laughs> Wreck It Ralph. He was in Wreck-It Ralph, was he, he not? Ralph? Ralph, he... Ralph breaks the internet. Okay, maybe maybe he's dialed it back then. Later on, I don't I don't know. I I, don't... I think he liked the money, and and that's why he's north of two hundred M. The the royalties on. I guarantee you, and no offense to people who like that movie, but the DVD buying crowd is probably also the Fast and Furious crowd. So he's getting mad royalties. Love it. What a great way to end it. Check out Chalk Media, the YouTube channel with Chris and his great interviews. He is great at this. He does it in a way uh, really I think is unlike um, most anyone that's doing it. And I guess that'll be that'll be Because I for do us. it in front of an audience of zero. <laughs> Don't say difference. that. So no, you guys, tell, just you lie guys like need, everybody else does. You guys, you guys need to drive viewers to my site. Keep this thing alive. Just joking. It's going great. We'd, we'd love for you guys to come check out Fishbowl and, and Greenlight. So appreciate yeah. it. You need to learn how you say, hey, two million people watch my video on Facebook, and then I got a deal out of it. And it's like, did two million people watch it, or did they scroll past it because it was auto-feeded in, and we X'd out of it immediately, and then Facebook bumped up everybody's numbers, and then people got jobs because of that. Pet um, peeve? Yeah, yeah. No, seriously. I remember like one guy I worked with was like, oh, yeah, 2.8 million views on my Facebook show. And we're like, what? And then bosses what does that were mean? like, that's incredible. We're like, it means that 2.8 people in the United States had something pop up on their feed that they had no interest in watching and X'd out of it, but it counted. So look, I could go on Facebook rants all day long. Um, it messed up a lot of people's industries and cost people jobs, and it's not cool. And um, that's why when somebody's doing something, you're like, okay, well, maybe you're just better off lying about it. So, all right, down or no, how about a positive? <laughs> Thanksgiving, everybody a positive- have a happy Thanksgiving. A positive is my family's coming back for Thanksgiving. It's going to be awesome. I'm wishing you and your family that you mentioned earlier, all your children, a happy Thanksgiving as well, Ryan. We're going to have a great time. The brood, the Rosillo brood over here is deep and strong. All right. 
Talk to you next week.